Hey, this is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. We go over actionable tips that have served my business well over the last 30 years, and hopefully they'll be beneficial to you too. Hey, what's going on? It's Brian Jump. Welcome to the jazzier side of the SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. How you been? the weekend October 21st October 22nd Saturday Sunday you all ready for your week falls in full swing we're getting ready to hit up uh, Halloweener weekday Halloween kind of sucks huh I think the kids they're giving them the day off after though which is where did they do that when we were kids right so the weekday's not going to matter so much for them. I don't know what the parents are going to do about that, but but yeah, whatevs, man. Halloween, I'm enjoying it. We got got the shop, the studio here decorated a little bit. Some spooky characters running around. It's been fun. A little bit of fall foliage. Customers seem to like it. Maybe they don't even care. I don't know. They seem to have a smile on their face. Whatevs. Busy, steady. Amazon van last week. Took a little bit of my soul. So much freaking work, so many hours. A little bit of PDR, a lot of push to paint, a lot more Bondo, filler, glaze, all the fun stuff. And then Jeff came in. So, oh my gosh. Um, we didn't really recap and talk about the student because we had Tina De La Cruz, former student, uh, last week. Um, but the, the student, um, great kid, great, great kid, Isaiah. All the way from Maine. Why didn't you bring a lobster? Why didn't you bring any oysters or clams or something, you know? I mean, Brian from Alaska years ago brought some reindeer sausage. I mean, isn't that kind of your obligation if you're coming from out of the region? You should bring uh, the indigenous fowl or fish or whatever. But uh, I'm not complaining. Super nice young man. Acted like he was about 22, 24, and he's 17. Dad came out with him. Very nice uh, individual as well. Cool family. Um, so yeah, it was all good, man. It was good to uh, good to, to teach that young man. Hardworking, no complaints. Great character for 17. Like I said, well beyond his years. Um, did very well. He's going to be a good tech. He's going to freaking kick ass and take names back in Maine. Um, the only other person I knew, rest his soul, Greg Holt. Um, Invented the Velcro tap down to the hammer trick so you don't lose your tap down in the snow. Yeah, and it still is pretty good for people who don't do PDR in the snow. It just keeps yourself, you know, organized. So, anywho, so yeah, that was a great sesh. Um, Amazon van, a bunch of Teslas, no real cool sports cars, I, I don't recall. Um, it's been kind of a lot of just commuter cars, nothing really exceptionally fun or enticing kias hyundai's mazdas you know pays the bills ain't complaining but i digress should we get after it if it's your first time here a quick little rundown i'm brian jump 31 year paintless dent repair tech service business owner slash marketer always looking to do better this podcast main Main goal is to bring people to our brand, to understand who we are, what we do, to learn about us, to trust us. If somebody wants to get training for said uh, skill and mastercraft, 
They get to know, get to meet us a little better, find out what we do, what we're about. And then for those that are already trained, I like to personally get into marketing. I think it's the rocket fuel of business. And no matter if you have an automotive, auto body, or nothing automotive whatsoever, I think there's always information to glean from it. A lot of the things I, I pick up are either from roofers or other service businesses like rest, you know, restoration, um, plumbers, electricians, you name it. I think there's something to learn from all marketers. Um, so broaden your horizons and open your ears and you shall gain knowledge. That's the thing. Rocket fuel. Um, okay, so this week, oh yeah, and a moment of silence. Can I get like maybe 10 seconds? Yeah, kind of sad. Our uh, PGSG, Palm Green, Sand Green, 1958 VW bus is gone. Yep, sold it. Uh, went to Chewy's house. He works for Discovery Channel, which is really cool. Bought the bus and uh, by proxy, I think his sister came out and looked at it, sent the videos and the photos. And then uh, Chewy is gonna ship that bus back to where he lives in Serbia, which I think is a interesting place. I don't ask why he lives in Serbia, but I, I gather he does, he said he did. So bus is going to Europe. So very interesting. Uh, it took us less than a year. If you checked our, uh, uh, there probably was a few photos on our, our Instagram. Um, I'll post the video and, and a quick little quip. But uh, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it's a little emotional because I had hoped to hang on to that bus and drive around with the Bulldog, the family a little bit, just, just bump around, go to some shows and stuff. But it's just, you just can't have too many toys. That's the problem. And these, these dang things, I mean, you know, we're working on Porsches right now, doing restorations on the weekend, my son and mine. It's like, you know, we had, the, we had two other buses at the same time. It's just too much. Plus, we want to do flips in the shop to help out our staff make extra money and it's just in ourselves. So it's like, you know what? Maybe we, uh, maybe we thin the herd. So we can always get another bus in the future. Um, but that bus was clean. That was a fun bus. Um, drove great. Put a lot of time and money into it. And uh, I think it's going to a real good family. I'm excited. He's supposed to take his kids with, uh, to Disneyland in it. Um, it's got to throw a bench seat in it, but uh, it, it it was. A, I'm really proud of the build. I really am. Between my my staff and myself, it came out pretty nice. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, all right. So moving on from that, is there money in classic PDR? Is there money? That's a good question. Is there money in it? Classic, maybe vehicles. Let's call it pre 1975. I mean, yeah, I believe there is. The question is how to get it, how much to charge, what to do, what not to do. I mean, the good news about working on classic cars, our, our process in the industry has gotten better and better and gets better by the month. You know, the technique and all that. And I think I think there's there's good money to be had. Matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to be working on a 1979 Porsche 911, which is bait, almost a classic, or if someone scored a classic. Um and I'm just, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to have, uh, to have that opportunity. I think the, uh, I don't know. I, I think that people value their cars more than ever and the values are increasing. And I think if you find the right cars and the right owners, they'll put the right value associated with it and you can make good money. 
But that's the question, right? So the market, it's kind of narrow. I mean, you're not gonna do a lot of cars like if you were open to all different makes and models. There's way more modern cars on the road than there is classics, of course. That's why classics have so much value. But the narrow market runs deep. And I think a lot of people are putting more and more money, exceptional money, into these vehicles. I'll give you a case in point. The Porsche brand, which we're associated with. It, it is exploding. It is growing leaps and bounds. And I think it's going to be right there with Lamborghini and, and Ferrari soon. Mark my words. Um, the prices of the cars are going up tremendously. And and you just it's just nuts. It's just nuts how, how much these cars... Um, are bringing on the market in and around the market and it's just I'll give you even an example to that example the Singer Porsche which is like a, a resto mod company who does a really nice job of modern fitment with classic lines so the best of both worlds you got the classic style yet you got the modern accoutrements you know the the big motor the the better wheels and tires and brakes and in, interior and all the luxury stuff those cars are insane. They're insane. Um, and they're going for a million bucks. A million dollars. A million dollar Porsche. You can buy a brand new Porsche for a hundred grand. You know, a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred grand to get yourself a real nice one. You want a turbo? Eh, it's gonna cost you maybe three or four. I mean, think about it. Three to four hundred grand. We're in Ferrari territory now. You know, same with Lambo. So it's like Porsche is pretty much just about there, if not there. And before it was like, uh, out of those three, I would say it was a little bit on the lower echelon. Not anymore. I'd say we're just about there. So, so I'm not saying if you could do classics, you need to go target Porsches. I'm just saying that you should be open to it and there's less competition. And you have to charge a premium. I don't think anybody should touch a classic car for anything. Your tool comes out of your quiver, it's $400 and up. Has to be. Has to be. There is no reason you should charge less, you know? So find the people who care about the cars, either the service people or that, are, that service them or the owners, okay? Car clubs, car shows, specialty shops, rest restoration shops, and market through all those entities. And if you do it well, guess what? You're gonna make great money, you are. You could probably dedicate yourself to just classics. But you'd have to be a good marketer. And that's what this whole damn freaking podcast is about, isn't it? How to be a good marketer. So that's phase one of this. That's chapter one of this episode. We're 10 minutes in. Let's move it on up to the east side. George Jefferson. Anybody? Nope. Reference is probably sold. Everybody's like, what is he talking about? All right. JJ Walker. Anybody? Jimmy? Um, flip, flip hail cars. Great way to make more money in our in our industry, right? And it, sometimes it's about diversification. Sometimes it's just about drilling down and do what you do, but just do it better and make more money, charge more money, maybe even do less work. Isn't that a good idea? Let's say you're you want to go to medical school. Should you be a GP and make 150 to 300 grand, or should you specialize? Maybe get into brain or cardio or something. You know, maybe you're a foot doctor. I don't know, osteo. Then all of a sudden, you're 800 grand, mil up. Why? Just because you specialize. Well, same thing can happen in PDR. So flipping hail cars. The profit is on the buy. P 
People think, oh man, I gotta sell. No, it'll already be sold based upon what the value of that car is. You can't change the market. You can, you can put a dress in that pig and some earrings and some lipstick, maybe a nice little bonnet, but it's still gonna be a pig. So you better buy it right. That's where all the work is involved. Not the work, it's the buy. And you may have to you know, go shopping. You might have to go to pavilions and walk up and down the aisles of the cars until you find one you can get a good deal on, right? So, very few PDR techs do this, by the way. There's very little competition on that end. So if you're looking for hail cars and you're gonna actually do the work, you're not gonna have a lot of competition per se for people that are gonna have the margin. So how do dealers and others get around this? I'm gonna tell you. First of all, where? Where to buy? Insurance. Hook up with insurance, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. I'm not gonna drill deep into this, because this is just a chapter, it's not the whole episode. Insurance sells hail damage cars. Buy them on the cheap, it's possible. Auctions, you have to be very, very shrewd. The bigger and more uh, exposed the auction, the more awareness and eyeballs it's gonna have, the less the profit's gonna be. You gotta go niche. Okay, where not to buy hail cars? The freaking street, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, no. People have no clue what hail damage costs. So they price the car almost as if, if not normal price, maybe even up. Don't buy a hail car on the street, you'll waste your time. And the flip side is, don't do hail repair for people that wanna pay for it either. Always go through insurance, always. Okay, how about dealers? Can you buy hail cars from dealers who have them? Usually no. Same thing, dealers, they pretty much know what they're worth, but they don't wanna pay the money for the hail. So they try to price it once again for the same stuff. It's kind of bad. So, that being said, what to buy? Yep, that's important. I'll tell you what not to buy. Don't buy American. Why? Well, I mean, I, and I... I love American cars, don't get me wrong. Actually, I love American business. I don't love American cars. Um, Tesla's an American car, I love Teslas. But I don't love the big Auto 3. I think they're lethargic. I think we need a big revamp. Maybe the unions are fucking them up, I don't know. But American cars absolutely suck balls. In general. There's exceptions. Brian, what's an exception? Cadillac, I think the Escalade's a pretty darn decent car. Um, I think Corvette's okay. Okay. What do you mean? Go open and shut the door to a Corvette. Go open and shut the co the door to the most base level model, Mercedes or BMW, and then stop right there. You don't even need to get in the car. You don't need to take on any more information. Engineering sucks on American cars. They're so lazy and, and just, uh, I get sick. So don't buy American, the value is not gonna be there. The appreciation is not gonna be there. They depreciate so fast because people discover what I'm saying if they don't already know it, especially as owners. What car are you talking about, Brian? I'll give you one. How about the, the Chevy Camaro? Very cool looking car in my opinion. I like it. I'd like to get like a, a ZL1 or whatever it is with the big V8 and stuff. But every time I see a Camaro come into my shop, people don't wanna put money into them. They're cheap. Why? Because they realize that car's a piece of shit. It, on the outside, it's just a shell but it has nothing on the inside. It is not quality, and it's sad. It could be, it should be, it, it's not at all. So, don't buy American. What else? Don't buy German. Ooh, 
Why? I think Germans are great cars. I think if you're just going to own a car, yeah. But if you're looking to flip a car, no. Why? You're going to probably overpay for it, right? And it's all about the buy, remember? So you need the opportunity to make a good deal on the buy. German cars are probably going to be overvalued even with tail damage. So what's the point? Stay away from it. We're talking about profits, right? Isn't that the goal? Buy Japanese. Buy Asian. Maybe Korean, but I say for the most part, just take Japanese. Okay, the big, the big three or whatever. Toyota, you could do Subaru if you can buy it. You could do um, maybe Nissan, be careful. I, I love Toyota. If you can buy a Toyota, number one, number one song. You know, or, or Asian luxury. You know, yeah, you could buy Honda, Acura, Infinity. Watch out for Infinity, the parts are freaking mad expensive. All right, so there you go. You're gonna buy Japanese. What else? Okay. Dealers like to, to buy hail cars because they're great profit in them when they buy them right and they know how to buy. But they buy light colored cars. Why? Like white and silvers. Because they know that most people hardly see the hail and they won't value it. So they don't have to fix it, they just sell it. Some people don't even see the hail. Okay, you buy the opposite. You buy dark colored cars. Dark blue, black, charcoal gray. Stuff that's gonna show the hail that because you can fix it. You want it to look shitty so people will actually value the car as it should be, right? How about clean title? Preferred. Preferred. Not necessarily requirement, but preferred. Of course, the car is going to be worth more with a clean title, right? So when is it important? When is it not? Typically, with luxury, people care more about a clean title. Typically. The middle luxury, I will tell you. Hyper luxury, not so much. Because a lot of people, there's a segment out there, they want to buy cheaper Lambos, cheaper Ferraris, and they don't care that it's got a salvage title. They're not going to pull full coverage insurance on it anyway. And that's the difference. You can't normally insure a car for full coverage with a salvage title. I mean, I'm sure there's caveats. You probably can get specialty insurance. But traditional lines of insurance, no. So, just get traditional transportation cars. Once again, Honda Accord. Toyota Camry, perfect cars. People want them, people trust them, they're reliable. Get some that are fucked up. Fix them, sell them, pocket. Pocket the cash. And then where can you sell it? You can sell it on the open market, the Facebook marketplaces, the Craigslist, or back through an auto auction. Auto auctions, the prices bring sometimes better than the market because people who sell them have better ways to finance that the actual market does. So it actually adds value to the car, more than the, which is un, unprecedented, right? CarMax and such, okay? But you will not sell at the auction through your company name. You're not gonna run your own numbers if you know what that's about, if you know about car auctions. You gotta sell through somebody else and pay a little extra fee. Because people want trust. If you put your car in the line of an auction at the very back of, of the line, you're, first of all, people are going to be gone because you're like two, three hundred level number that it's like one or two o'clock. Half the people have bought their their take, and then you're selling on your own. They don't know you. The buyer's like, hmm, do I trust this Brian Jump guy? Sounds like a freaking loser, right? But if you sell through another bank, they'll they will allow people to sell through them, and there's no warranty. It's just cash to them. So something to think about. So there you go. That's the quick and dirty on how to flip hail cars. Lots of money in it, guys. I know a few people doing it, and they're doing very well. Very well. Brian, what's very well? High five figures a month? Yeah, for reals. For reals.
Okay, last thing, last thing on today's pod. Here we go. 1-800-DENT-DOCS, who's heard of them? Who knows anything about them? They outsource PDR techs nationwide, maybe worldwide, but I think it's just nationwide. The owner's name is Craig Hunter, unless he sold the company last time I checked. And Craig, the way that he gets all this business for techs is he pushes dent warranties. And I think he either owns or sells, and I say I think, because I don't know. I'm gonna try to get him on the podcast. That's what this is all about. I'm prefacing you, and then I've already got an email out to him. But he may want to be low-key Joe. He may be like, oh, I'm telling nothing. I know nothing. All right, Craig, whatever. But I'd like to see him come on. We'll see. Um, he he works through these warranty companies or owns them. One's called Road Vantage. Okay, the other one's called CNA. Charlie Nancy Apples. CNA National. Either of those or both of those he's either partnered with or owns. And his dent warranty works through those. And then when there's a claim, uh, 1-800-DENT-DOC pays it out. The most impressive thing about on my end as a tech is that they got over 1,000 reviews on Google. And they probably have a boatload more on Yelp. 1,087 as of today's podcast. And his rating is a 4.8. That's some good management skills. They're, they're vetting their techs, obviously. They're paying them decent, enough for people to... To not get the shit. And people are happy with the text and the service. They're also staying in their lane. They're only doing small damage. So you have a higher preponderance of getting a better result. If they were going to do big stuff, you know, golf ball, baseball up. And that, that's not even big to me anymore. But back in the day, I, don't, I think they limit theirs a quarter. I have to look at the contract. But you have a better chance, right? Better, better probability to win the battle when the battle is small, AKA dime nickel size dent. But man, the customers go read their reviews. I have, they're actually pretty, they're not fake. They don't, if they're fake, bravo, cause they look freaking real. And they post up photos of their stuff on Facebook and the social medias. His, his staff's doing a good job and he's doing a great job managing it. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll tell him this, but if we get the opportunity, but I've got an email off to Craig. Just send it today, so we'll see if uh, if he wants to hop on. And it, it could be a PR thing for him, uh, but hopefully he'll do it. Um, the last thing I'll leave with you, you guys with is I got uh, a notification from a friend, um, business associate um, out in Dallas. They're looking for hail techs. I guess they've had some pretty big events. <coughs> so I think he maybe hooked up a, a fleet thing. He finally figured out how to do that. So, um, kind of like Dent Source does, I believe. Eddie, I did a little research. So, um, yeah. So, my bud out in Dallas is looking for um, techs. So, if somebody is accomplished, has the experience, at least a couple years, he doesn't want a noob to train, um, hit me up and I can re- give you the referral over there. I actually asked, asked this company and my friend to hop on the pod and we could talk about what they're doing and everything. But he may... These hail guys are very competitive, especially Dallas. So he may not want to share the light uh, on what he's doing, his company's doing. When that, and that's fine. I totally get that. Sometimes it's good not to build in public. And, uh, and, I, and I totally understand. No, no, no hate. I get you. I get you, Darren. So, um, Daniel, excuse me. But that, so that, that's the way it goes. So, yeah. So hopefully we'll get Craig Hunter on from 1-800-DENT-DOC. Um, and I got a few other people I'm trying uh, maybe to, to spice up the pod. 
get him set up. If you haven't already, we had a great, great episode with uh, Bryce, Bryce Kelly, and then Tino De La Cruz the past couple weeks. Good content, guys. If you haven't checked it out, hit the archives and, and let me know what you think. Um, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. Hopefully, you're staying busy. I've heard from a few of our paint suppliers that the, the industry slowed down a little bit. I mean, it's such a weird climatic time right now, so who knows? But we've done a pretty good job. We're we're staying staying fierce. So um, check out the Instagram. Hopefully, we'll post up some stuff on that bus. We got some Porsche stuff we're building, um, which is really cool if you're into the mark. And um, I'm excited about that. Hopefully, we're gonna do a little club racing next season. Um, now that the kids are just about all out of college, and uh, next season, my youngest Gage. Um, so far so good. A little, a little college prep baseball report you want? Okay. He threw in his first scrimmage, uh, what was that? Friday. Did really good. Zero hits, strikeout, a couple pop-ups. Um, I think he was sitting 94-95. So it's good to see Gage back from Tommy John a year and a half ago. Very proud of that kid. I, you will be hard-pressed to find somebody that works harder than that young man. He's got so much heart, a lion heart in that kid. So anyway, very proud and happy for, for that. Um, praying he stays healthy and enjoys his run at LSU next season. Um, then hopefully he'll be off, uh, get into the draft and move forward and, and hopefully experience his dream. So that's it, guys. There you got it. You got a little business marketing. You got a little PDR stuff. Um, some tips, some actionable tricks. Your college prep, uh, I'm sorry, your, yeah, your college prep baseball report. And that's all she wrote. Just coming up on 30 minutes. Have yourself a great, great week. Love you all. Appreciate the ears. And we'll catch you on the next SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. Bye-bye for now.